Hello, and welcome to the Pages and Popcorn Podcast. The podcast where we, Jennifer and... Kalia. Two book nerds talk about movies based on books as well as the original source material. Two warnings. This podcast uses barnyard language. Why limit ourselves to only nice words? Some things warrant not-so-nice words. Also, spoiler warning. We will be talking about the endings of both book and movie, so prepare yourself. Okay. Let's get into it. It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast. Special guest. It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast. Special guest. gonna talk, so you better damn well listen. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pages and Popcorn Podcast. Today I am joined with me. I'm Ella. That's right. And Ella and I are going to be discussing Charlotte's Web. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about the 1973 movie. And we're going to talk about the 2006 movie. So we're very excited, aren't we? Yeah. And there are some things for each of them that I really want to talk about. Cool. I'm very excited about this. This is going to be super fun. But real quick, before we start, just want to remind you that you can find out more about the show and listen to our back catalog and all of that stuff at kmmamedia.com. That's www.kmmamedia.com. And we have an email address at pagesandpopcornpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email with your thoughts, suggestions, rants, reviews, anything like that. And we would love it if you would actually review us on Apple Podcasts and share us and like us on social media and tell your friends to listen to us. So there we go. That's the end of the intro. Let's get to the book. Charlotte's Web is a children's novel by American author E.B. White. It was illustrated by Garth Williams. It was published in October 1952. The novel tells the story of a livestock pig named Wilbur and his friendship with a barn spider named Charlotte. Here is our book recap from Ella. The book starts with eight-year-old Fernalbo trying to save the ones of a litter of piglets. She takes care of Wilbur as she names her pig and they become best friends. After a while, some transitions are made. At first, it's just that Wilbur goes outside to live under a tree, but then he goes to live on the Zuckerman's farm. At the farm, he makes friends with Charlotte, a spider who lives in the doors of his pen, and they become such good friends, she even sings Wilbur to sleep, when the other animals won't be friends with him or play with him. Some of them want to be friends, but they can't because they have other things they need to do. And others just don't want to be friends at all. Soon afterward, Wilbur finds out he's going to die and become ham and bacon and is devastated. Charlotte promises to save him and tries to think of a way. Wilbur is still worried, so he keeps asking Charlotte about it. Fern visits Wilbur a lot. She can hear what the animals say, so she tells her mom and dad about it. The mom gets worried, but the dad stays calm. The mom contacts the doctor to talk about Fern. The doctor says there's nothing to worry about. One day, Wilbur escapes out of his pan before or after Fern came or left, because she came in every day. Mr. Zuckerman lures him back into his pen using food, while the other animals challenge him to do all sorts of things, like jumping and spinning and dancing. He gets overwhelmed, so follows Mr. Zuckerman. A few days later, Avery, Fern's brother, is impressed by Charlotte, so he tries to capture her. Fern tries to stop him, but he gets into the pen. While he is about to capture Charlotte, he steps on the trough and it smashes a rotten egg and makes a bad smell. He goes away because he doesn't like how it smells. Templeton, the one that lives under Wilbur's trough, had that rotten egg from when one of Wilbur's pinmates, the goose, laid eggs. Seven of them hatched, but there were eight, and one was a rotten egg. Templeton took it and stored it in his home under the trough. Luffy, the person who works for Mr. Zuckerman on the farm, smells the rotten egg fumes and covers it with dirt so there'll be no more bad smell. 
Finally, Charlotte has a way to stay home, so she writes the first message, which is some pig in her web. People find out about it and it attracts attention. People think it is a miracle. Soon that gets boring and ruined, so Charlotte calls a meeting to find another word. The animals on the side on terrific. So in her web, she writes terrific. This attracts attention again. Then something happens as to what happened to some pig and uh, happens to terrific. So Charlotte asks Templeton to go get a new word. Templeton goes to find a word in the dump where the trash goes. And at first he brings crunchy, but that isn't the right word. So Charlotte sends him out again. And this time he brings radiant and that works. It attracts attention, but then the same thing that happens to Terrific and some pig happens to Radiant. Bubba had already attracted enough attention, though, that Mr. Zuckerman was going to bring him to the fair. Before they went to the fair, Bubba pleaded, pleads Charlotte to come, but she has to lay eggs. She tells him that she will come if she can. Templeton also comes. At the fair, Bubba gets to his pen and there are people, and is there for people to look at. Ben goes on the Ferris wheel with her friend Henry, Henry Fussy instead of being with Wilbur. Charlotte sees another pig in the pen next to Wilbur's, so she goes to see who it is. The pig says to call him Uncle, and Charlotte sees that he is big and will be a tough competition to beat. She reports this news to Wilbur. She also assures Wilbur that she will help him win so Zuckerman won't kill him at Christmas. Timberton gets the word humble for Charlotte and she writes it in, in her lab because she sent him to get a word. Night falls and Templeton leaves Wilbur's pen where he, where he was staying to go get leftover food and other stuff like that from the fair. They are still at the fair. He comes back in the morning when Charlotte is when Wilbur is talking to Charlotte about her eggs that which he made that night. Templeton goes to sleep. Wilbur finds out that Charlie is going to die and is feeling bad and sick, so he is devastated. Mr. Zuckerman comes to get Wilbur, and Uncle, the pig next door to Wilbur, has won first place. Wait. Mr. Zuckerman and everyone else get, and Wilbur get to go up onto the stage because Wilbur gets a special award. Charlotte thinks that the award looks good on Wilbur, but Wilbur is still sad she's going to die. Wilbur calls Templeton to get Charlotte's ink sack and put it in the crate so that if Charlotte can't come back to the barn, at least her kids can. Once Wilbur leaves, Charlotte dies alone. Winter passes and Wilbur doesn't get eaten. In the spring, the eggs hatch, the eggs in the egg sack, but most of the spiders leave, so Wilbur is sad. He sees that three are left, and so two of them name themselves Joy and Oenia, and he names one Nevi. They have kids, and Wilbur meets kids, some of them stay, some of them go, but Wilbur has friends. The end. Very good. Thank you. You're that welcome. A, that was a very good recap. And it only took about eight, nine, ten minutes. <laughs> that, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to now do the recap for the 1973 movie. And then we're going to do the 2006 movie that recap together. <laughs> that's right. Okay, first off, it should be noted that the 1973 movie is um, a musical. I'll mention the songs a little bit, but I will try not to sing them. I will try. No promises. So we start over with the voiceover about life on the farm. Enter Fern, who prevents her father John from slaughtering a piglet at the runt of the litter. Deciding to let Fern deal with nurturing the piglet, John allows Fern to raise it as a pet. She nurtures it lovingly, naming it Wilbur. The song here is, there must be something more to us than you and me. She also carries him around in a baby carriage, and they meet up with Henry Fussy, but, well, more on him later. When Wilbur is two weeks old, John moves him outside to a box with a blanket. Wilbur doesn't like it, but he gets used to it. At six weeks, Wilbur, due to being a spring pig, has matured, and John tells Fern that Wilbur has to be sold. His siblings were already sold. Fern sadly says goodbye to Wilbur as he is sold down the road to her uncle, Homer Zuckerman. At Homer's farm, a goose coaxes a sullen Wilbur to speak his first words. He sings, I can talk! I can talk! I can talk! 
Although delighted in his new ability. It's so great that I cannot articulate. That's right. Isn't it great that I articulate? Isn't it grand that you can understand? I don't honk. I don't squawk. I don't even beep or bop when I want to say a something. You open up and talk. That's right. Okay. Um, although delighted at his new ability, Wilbur still yearns for our companionship. He attempts to get the goose to play with him, but she declines on the condition that she has to hatch her eggs. Wilbur also tries asking a rat named Templeton to play with him, but Templeton's only interests are spying, hiding, and eating. Wilbur then wants to play with a lamb, but the lamb's father says that sheep do not play with pigs because it's only a matter of time before pigs are slaughtered and turned into smoked ham and bacon. Horrified at this depressing discovery, Wilbur reduces himself to tears until a mysterious voice tells him to chin up and, and wait until morning. The following morning, after the song Chin Up, the voice reveals herself to be a spider named Charlotte A. Cavatica, living on a web in a corner of Homer's barn overlooking Wilbur's pig pen. She tells him that she will come up with a plan guaranteed to spare his life. Wilbur tries to spin a web to disastrous results. Charlotte also sings to Wilbur a song called Mother Earth and Father Time, which is really beautiful and a bit sad. Fern visits the farm regularly and listens to the animals chat, which worries her parents a little bit, by the way. Later, the goose's goslings hatch. One of them is named Geoffrey, who befriends Wilbur. They sing, We've got lots in common, there it really counts, where it really counts, we've got large amounts. <laughs> Wait, we don't know all the words, but yes, we've got lots in common is their song. Eventually, Charlotte reveals her plan to play a trick on Suckerman and consoles Wilbur to sleep. Fern and Avery visit the barn the next day, and Avery tries to capture Charlotte, but is spoiled by the stench of a rotten egg. This is the same as the book, which Ella already explained. The next morning, Homer's farmhand Larvy sees the words, Some pig! spun into Charlotte's web. The incident attracts publicity among Homer's neighbors and the de who deem pr the praise to be a miracle. Even if Mrs. Zuckerman says it's more a credit to the spider, no one listens to her. Which is sad. Also, it was to the spider. That's right. The publicity eventually dies down, and after a hornet lands in Charlotte's web and ruins the some pig message, Charlotte requests the barn animals to devise a new word to spin within her web. After several suggestions, the goose suggests the phrase, terrific, 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 though Charlotte decides to shorten it into one terrific. The incident becomes another media sensation, though Homer still desires to slaughter Wilbur. For the next message, Charlotte then employs Templeton to pull a word from a magazine clipping at the dump. First, he brings back crunchy, but Charlotte rejects it. Then he, then he returns with the word radiant, ripped from a soapbox. Following this, Homer decides to enter Wilbur into the county fair for the summer. Charlotte reluctantly decides to accompany him. Templeton at first has no interest in going until the goose tells him about all the food there. It's set. They will go. Mrs. Zuckerman gives Wilbur a bath in buttermilk, and off they go. After one night there, Charlotte sends Templeton to the trash pile for an on another errand to gather another word for her last message, in which he returns with the word humble. Then he reprises his song with the goose. The fair is a veritable smorgasbord, 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 after the lights go down. Yes. Templeton goes to town, eating everything inside at the fair. The next morning, Wilbur awakens to find Charlotte has spun an egg sac containing her unborn offspring, and the following afternoon, the word humble is spun. However, Fern's brother Avery discovers another pig named Uncle has won first prize, so the county fair staff decides to hold a celebration in honor of Homer's miraculous pig and awards him $25 and a gold medal. He then announces that he will allow Wilbur to live to a ripe old age. This is Zuckerman's famous pig song. Zuckerman, Zuckerman, Zuckerman's, Zuckerman's famous pig! Exhausted from laying eggs and writing words, Charlotte tells Wilbur she'll remain at the fair to die. Not wanting to let her children be abandoned, Wilbur has Templeton retrieve her egg sac to take back to the farm just before she dies. Once he returns to Homer's farm, he guards the egg sac through the winter. The next spring, Charlotte's 514 children are hatched but leave the farm, causing Wilbur to become saddened to the point of wanting to run away. Just as he is about to do so, the ram points out that three of the little baby spiders did not fly away. Pleased at finding new friends, he names them Joy, Nellie, and Arania, but as much as he loves them, they will never replace the memory of Charlotte. The end. The end. Okay, so now we're going to go back and forth with our 2006 movie recap. Who goes first? I don't know. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll okay. go first. I'm going to hold it just like this and he's right here. During springtime on a farm in Somerset, 
country Maine, young Fenelle Bull discovers her father, John, about to kill a bunch of a litter of newborn pigs. She successfully begs her father to spare the piglet's life. She says she will feed and care for the piglet. Fur names the piglet she saved, Wilbur, and nurtures him lovingly. Fern sneaks Wilbur into a school desk, causing a commotion. She sleeps with him, bathes him in the sink, and gives him rides in the baby buggy, etc., etc. Her mom is a bit concerned, but her dad is happy that Fern is happy. When Wilbur has matured, Fern is regretfully forced to take him to her uncle Homer Zuckerman's barnyard across the road. Wilbur is upset about being left behind at this new place and busts out of his enclosure. All the other animals yell at him, give him advice, but he sees a scary-looking place that's called a smokehouse. He's eventually lured back into his pen by Lurvy and Mr. Suckerman. Let's meet Wilbur's new neighbors. There's a serious and steadfast sheep named Samuel, who has three little fatherless sheep, a fun-loving and kindly goose couple named Gussie and Golly, Two beautiful and laid-back cow sisters named Ritzy and Betsy, and a cowardly and humorous horse named Ike. There is also a rat named Templeton, who has a whole intricate tunnel or nest situation going on partly under Wilbur's trot. He throws a lot of his things down. We'll learn that later. However, none of them really want to be friends with Wilbur. Even Templeton the rat says no to being friends. Fern promises to visit every night, but one night her mother makes her stay home, do her homework, and go straight to bed. During this time, Wilbur feels abandoned and is left yearning for companionship, but again is snubbed by all the other animals, until he's befriended by Charlotte A. Kavadika, a barn spider who lives in the doorway of his area. All the animals turn up their noses and snout at Charlotte. They call her ugly, but Wilbur thinks she is lovely and the two become friends. The goose's eggs hatch. There are seven baby geese called goslings, one dud egg that has the geese couple allowed Templeton to take away and keep in his nest slash home. Fern's brother Avery tries to catch Charlotte one day and Wilbur has to fight him off by grabbing his shoe, laces, and folding. In the tussle, Templeton's rat nose gets damaged and the egg gets cracked. It's ve- it is very, very smelly, but Charlotte is safe. Upset about the smell and lashing out because when people are upset, they make bad choices, and the same goes for rats, Templeton decides to be a truth teller and spills the beans about what is in store for Wilbur, what the smokehouse is really for. Wilbur won't be around to see snow Christmas. He is destined to be dinner. Wilbur is horrified. Charlotte promises to hatch a plan guaranteed to save Wilbur's life. First off, she writes some pig in her web, and all the humans think it's a miracle. There's a lot of attention paid to Wilbur and the farm, but as Charlotte says, humans have a short attention span, and soon they move on to other things. Wilbur isn't safe yet. So, Charlotte holds a meeting to come up with a better word. The goose comes out with the word terrific, which Charlotte writes in the web. The same situation happens, everyone is excited, and people show up and gawk, but eventually they get bored and stop coming. Wilbur is still not safe. A new word is needed. Eventually, they enlist the help of Templeton, who will get a good word from the dump. He returns with the word radiant, and Charlotte writes it. Again, the crowds come. Fern hears about the upcoming fair and puts up posters so Mr. Zuckerman will think he had the idea to enter Wilbur into the fair. He says that even if Wilbur doesn't make up for win a prize, he will still make good ham, so it was still not safe. Fern, by the way, has been worrying her mother with all the time at the barn. The family doctor says it's a childhood phase and not to be worried about it. It's fail day! Mrs. Zuckerman washes Wilbur in buttermilk and everyone gets ready. Charlotte wasn't planning on going, but she sees how dire the situation is and she decides to go. And she asks Templeton to come along as well. At first she say, he says no, but then the goose and cows tell him all about their food. So he goes. At the fair, they meet Wilbur's competition, a huge pig named Uncle. Charlotte is worried, so Templeton gets her a new word. It's humble, and everyone is excited, but Uncle has already won the blue ribbon. Well, wait, all not is lost. The fair governors have decided to give Wilbur a special medal, and everyone is happy. Fun rides the Ferris wheel with a boy from school, wearing a dress, by the way, and her mother is both happy and sad about this. Pin in this for future discussion. 
Charlotte has produced an egg sac containing her unborn offspring. Exhausted from laying eggs, Charlotte cannot return home because she is dying. Wilbur bids an emotional farewell to her as she remains with the fair and dies shortly after his departure, but he manages to take her egg sac home with the help of Templeton. All the animals stand guard over egg sac during the winter, even Templeton! And Wilbur is at last safe. He sees his first snow and the family eats something else for their holiday meal. We don't know what it is. The next spring, hundreds of Charlotte's offspring emerge. Most of the young spiders leave, but three, named Joy, Arania, and Nellie, stay and become Wilbur's friends. The final line is the same. It is not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. Oh, and there's also a side plot with some crows, but we'll talk about that in a minute. The side plot is very funny. The end. The end. So, let's talk about the themes, Ella. You were telling me some ideas that you had about themes. So, what was one of your ideas about themes? I think that it was friendship. Mm-hmm. My thing for this is that Wilbur wants to be friends. None of the animals want to be friends except for Charlotte. And then they become very, very close. So I think that one of the main themes is friendship. And that friendship is a very important and very happy thing. It makes you happy. Yeah, I would agree. I think that the third movie, the 2006 movie, did a better job with making that point about friendship because at first when Charlotte shows up, all the animals are like, ew, gross, she's ugly. And they don't want to be her friend but Wilbur isn't judgy like that and he sees that kind of like who she is on the inside yeah and she and when he says that she's beautiful I don't think that she's talking about how she looks out like on the outside with the eight legs and eight eyes only two of them are like eye things and stuff but he sees what she's like on the inside and that makes him want to be friends with her because he sees that she's kind and she won't give up on him just because he makes some mistakes. I thought that it was interesting the theme of friendship in the animated movie they added the character of Jeffrey. Yeah and then that's something for friendship too because like they have lots in common even though like Jeffrey is a is a gosling and and Wilbur is a pig and Jeffrey is young Wilbur is older they're still friends mm-hmm. so I think that was a good good message there about friendship yeah so I think that they both have their special messages about friendship and they both have their other things right even Fern and Wilbur that was a friendship right yeah they really made it on hold in the animated movie mm-hmm they really do yeah and but in the book, they really have it hard and stuff. And then they just have it, like, disappear. I think that the um, animated movie was better because it was... Fern wanted to be with Wilbur, but then she wanted to be with her friend. So she was with Wilbur, and then she was with her friend. She wasn't just with her friend and didn't pay attention to Wilbur. Yeah, I I agree. I think that the animated movie did a really good job of showing how Fern loved Wilbur but was growing up a little bit, but she didn't abandon him quite the same way she did in the book. And even in the 2006 movie, she was there at the fair, and they all went up on the grandstand, but then she went off to go ride the Ferris wheel while her dad made that speech about, you know, things that are special, and, and, and it seemed weird to me that Fern would leave the grandstand and leave Wilbur up there with her parents and everybody and go right right then. Like, she could have waited 20 minutes to go ride the Ferris wheel with Henry, right? Yeah. So that was a little strange. It was an interesting choice. They still have the thing about Fern not quite abandoning Shaw, uh, not quite abandoning Wilbur yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, another major theme of this book is the theme of death. I think that it's an interesting, it's it's not very common it, that in little kid books they talk about death quite as much as they do in this book, right? But it's still a little kid book. Yeah, but we have, we have the death at the beginning, like the threat of death, right? Where Wilbur yeah. could be killed, okay? And then we have Charlotte talks about death quite a bit. So she 
eats her food and it icks Wilbur out, but she makes a good point about, you know, needing yeah. to eat. Yeah, and then there's the thing about Wilbur going to get killed for meat. And then actually at the very end, Charlotte is the one who dies. Yeah, Charlotte dies. And nothing happens to Charlotte. Nobody kills her. Like, no guy with an axe says, oh, you're a runt, and kills her. And nobody comes along to eat her. But she still dies because it was... Age. And um, she was getting older. She she wasn't a young spider. Also, um, spiders' life cycles are much shorter than humans or pigs. Their life cycles are basically they hatch, they live for a while and then they die and they don't live for as long as humans i don't think that they can make it past 20 i think no i would be surprised i think they have very short life yeah maybe they maybe they maybe the longest spider to live um died around 10 or 11. let's see here let's look it up lifespan of a spider okay the lifespans of spiders vary considerably from species to species we've just looked up and now we know while many common house spiders live a few years, some can survive up to seven years. So there you go. So yeah. She probably, if she was really old, if she was the oldest that she could be, she would probably be seven. Yeah. Yeah. So she'd already been around for a while. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that it's not a violent death, but it is still, you know, a sad death. Because death does happen, and a lot of little kids, when they're reading this book, have lost somebody who's old, like a great-grandparent, or a great-uncle, or a great-aunt, or even a grandparent, and that's really sad. But I think that when we think about Charlotte, Charlotte even says, like, she, we're born, we live a little while, and then we die. And the whole point is to, to do good in our life while we're here. And I, I totally think that Charlotte did good while she was alive. What do you think? Well... And the and while Wilbur was there, she definitely did really good. She did lots of good. She saved someone from becoming Christmas dinner. Come on, how can you get better than that? That's true. Yep. So, oh, okay. So this is this is interesting. I don't know if you know about this, Ella, but there's something called the five stages of grief, where when something really sad or bad happens, we tend to go through a couple of different stages and they're they're kind of sometimes they work exactly in order and sometimes they don't happen exactly in order and it doesn't always work the same way for everybody but it's kind of an understood idea and i thought that this book actually kind of touched on them so i want to talk about the five stages of grief in terms of wilbur and wilbur's understanding of death okay so the first one is denial and what happens when Wilbur first finds out that he's going to die is he's like, no, 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 say it isn't so. Tell me it's not true, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's... D- it isn't true because he can't believe it. Yeah. He, he, he wants to be like this. He, the, the human memories he has is with Foon. And Foon loved him so much, he thinks that she would never let it happen. And he thinks that every human is like Foon. That's right. And then the next one is anger. And he does. He gets upset. He's he's kind of upset about the fact that someone wants to kill him. You know? I yeah. Mean, that's understandable, right? Yeah. And of then, course it is. So one of the other stages is bargaining. And I saw that as Fern's role when she bargains with her dad to save his life the first time. Yeah. Right? If, if you let... He, she says, if you let him live, I'll take care of him. Mm. Then you won't have to do it or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll do it. I'll do it. Please let me do it. Like, what can I do so to let you give me the pig, etc. But then there's depression. When Wilbur is really upset about dying and he doesn't want to die and he doesn't want to die and he's lonely, um, he gets really depressed and he's crying. And, and this is where Charlotte comes in and Charlotte gives him hope. But he's definitely depressed before yeah. Charlotte comes along. Yeah, Charlotte helps him. She promises that she's going to save him. And then that gets us to the last part, which is acceptance, which is the hardest part. So Wilbur has to accept Charlotte's death and the loss of her children, but he does find solace that her life had meaning because she was his friend and all the generations that come after her. Yeah. But he had to accept that she was going to die, which was Yeah, and then that she died, and then that lots of the spiders left. 
Can we talk about Charlotte's death and how it was treated in the three different things? In the book, she died alone after they had left the fair. And I think it was a few minutes afterwards. So, like, the last thing she saw was probably empty straw, abandoned fairgrounds. And that would make you kind of sad. Yeah, I I liked it better in the in the animated movie, 1973. She dies on a screen. Like, she's talking to Wilbur. She sings the same song. And, and her then, voice kind of fades out. And mm-hmm. then she, and then she doesn't gone. answer. But she, she kind of moves off into the corner. So we don't actually see her, but we know she has just died. With Wilbur. And her very last words are singing and giving comfort to Wilbur. Oh my god, I'm going to cry. Okay. And then in the in the live action movie, she's dying. We know she's dying. And they leave, but we don't actually like see her die or know exactly when it happens. We just know that it is going to happen, right? Right. In the book, it says, Goodbye, she whispered. Then she summoned all her strength and waved one of her front legs at him. She never moved again. Next day, as the Ferris wheel was being taken apart, and as the race horses were being loaded into vans, and the entertainers were packing off their belongings and driving away in their trailers, Charlotte died. The fairgrounds were soon deserted. The sheds and buildings were empty and forlorn. The infield was littered with bonds and trash. Nobody, none of the hundreds of people that had visited the fair, knew that a gray spider had played the most important part of all. No one was with her when she died. Oh my god, it's so sad. It is, right? Like, I... It is really sad, and... I, for one, am glad that they made it not quite so sad in both of the movies. What about you? Yeah, and yeah, it doesn't actually say that she went alone and that, like, the last thing she saw was her being deserted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh, we we got to move off because I'm... Ooh, mommy's crying over here. Okay. <laughs> Let's move up from the thing that you decided to talk about. Okay, yes. Well, good point. It was important. We had to talk about it, but yes, it was sad. So another major theme is the theme of change because they, and this was shown in like what the seasons and also how everybody grew up. Yeah, Fern started paying attention to boys and and hopefully, and sometimes, and maybe other people too, and different ways she she matured into nearly a teenager i think yeah so i think that the book did a okay job with that but fern wasn't as big in the book as she was in the movies yeah and she kind of just deserted Wilbur. right in the animated movie we get it's like laid in very early when she's playing with wilbur and she meets you know sees henry fussy and then later he comes to visit her and then you know all of this stuff and like it, it's very clear that she's growing up in fact charlotte spells it out for us right now you know and she says fern's growing up you know and that's that's good i like that we want that we want people to grow up but in the 2006 movie, it was it was even more obvious because we had, and I'm going to take exception with this. So what they did, they did this shorthand thing. They had Fern as the little girl Fern wearing jeans and liking to get dirty and liking to spend time in the barn. And then her mom wants her to dress up and wear a dress. And, and she decides, no, I'm going to wear jeans and this t-shirts right she's you know and and the mom is concerned and the doctor's like no no it's just a childhood phase like it's okay and the mom seems like upset about this and then and then fern like likes this boy in her class or something she sees him a couple times and they go on the ferris wheel and so then suddenly she's what wearing the dress yes suddenly she's wearing the pale orange dress i i'm with fern I don't think it, I don't think it looks great. No, it was, yeah, it was, it was not the prettiest dress. Anyways, but now she's in the dress, she's got ribbons in her hair and all this thing, and her mom's, like, so happy because I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, like, on the one hand, the mom was also very well put together, and so you could see, like, the mom wanted Fern to be like her, but at the same time, it felt like you're not, a, like, once you grow up, you have to wear fancy clothes clothes and i disagree with that a lot of us women grow up and still would rather wear jeans yeah you wear leggings and jeans and a t-shirt and long sleeves and stuff every day mom i sure do 
<laughs> and you're and you're grown up. You're grown up. You're so grown up. You have a kid. I'm the kid. That's right. That's right. Well, and then what I thought was really funny was in the movie, the mom had been wanting Fern to grow up this whole time, right? And you know. then when it happens, she gets sad. Yeah. So Fern's on the Ferris wheel with the boy, and the mom's like, "Oh, she's on the Ferris wheel with a boy. Oh, she's on the Ferris wheel with a boy." And like. So then it's like she's kind of upset that what she wanted to happen is happening. And I was... I think that she wanted it to happen because she thought that Fern would be happy, but she didn't think that it would happen quite yet. And so she now misses her old Fern. Yeah, and, and that's true. When we were watching it, I even said to you that I understand a little bit because, you know, as parents, you're really excited for your kids to get into the next stage but sometimes you miss the stage that they were at before once they get out of it. Although, I will tell you, I do not miss the diaper stage. Nope, nope, don't or, miss that at or all. Or the crying stage. Or the crying stage, or the throwing fit stage. No, I like you so much better now that you're a little older. No, just kidding. Of course, I love you, and I've always loved you. But you you're, you're glad that I got out of that. All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun being your mom at this age. Mm-hmm. This is a fun age. And that I was, and that I was able to... To learn how to talk and all of that stuff. Yes, talking is a great thing. <laughs> what? No, it is. I No, not kidding. Like, some of the worst parenting moments of my life were right before you learned how to talk. Because you wanted to communicate so badly and you were so mad at me for not understanding what you wanted. And I would get so frustrated with you for because I wanted to help you, but we couldn't communicate. Man, when you started talking, everything got easier. I can now say... Can I please have frozen peas with my lunch instead of pointing at the freezer and trying to point at the frozen peas, but I'm too little so you can't quite tell what I'm pointing at? Exactly. It's just so much better. So much better. Okay, so you had one other thought I think you wanted to say about Fern and boys and her mom, or her mom's concern about her or excitement about her spending time with boys? Yeah, in the um, live-action Charlotte's Web, it ta- it like talks about how her mom was. It show well. It shows her mom being kind of upset and happy at the same time about Fern growing up and hanging out with boys. But that isn't the clear sign that she is growing up. I mean, I have lots of friends who are boys, but it's not like like a love thing. We're just friends. Yep, that's true. I think the movie was trying to tell us that it was more than friends because Fern went to the extra effort of wearing a dress and putting her hair in the special ribbons. But I think your point that you can be hang out with boys and it doesn't necessarily mean anything more than you have friends who are boys is pretty valid. Yeah. Also, just a note. You don't have to dress up to hang out with people. And if boys or girls or whoever you like doesn't like you for what you wear in your comfort clothes... Then you know that they are not going to be the right people for you. That's right. And that, yeah, people who love you or like you should accept you for who you are, not who they want you to be. That's very true. And they shouldn't care what you wear. Yeah. Or what you do or don't put in your hair. Yeah, or what... Or how long your hair is, or what sort of thing, what colors you like. That's right. Yeah. Good point. Okay, so those were like the major themes, um, I thought, and but and we've already talked about some of the changes. We talked about Jeffrey and and stuff. I liked the 1973 being a musical. I liked the songs. What did yeah. you think? Yeah, I think that there was only like one or two things that you can put into the um, 70, 1973 that would make it better. Oh yeah, what would that be? I think that I would like it if they had the thing of all the animals taking turns guarding Charlotte's eggs because that really shows a sign of friendship and like they've, and it's like they've said, well, we're different. But that doesn't mean that we can't help each other. That's right. The, the The 2006 movie definitely had that message a lot clearer about the animals judging Charlotte at the beginning and then coming to appreciate her and missing her and wanting to take care of the egg sac. Yeah, yeah I think that that's something you could add. Mm-hmm. And then I think that you could add 
the escape pod because I just think that's kind of fun and exciting and it adds a moment of tension and I really like that. That's right. That was in the book and in the 2006, but they didn't have it in the 1970. Yeah, if you just add it into the 1973, then I think that the 1973 with both of those added things would be a perfect movie. Wow. Very cool. Musical thing. Yeah. I like the songs, definitely. Yeah. The songs are great. Can we talk about the quotes now? Oh, yeah, let's talk about The Crows. That was a big change in the 2006 movie. That wasn't in the book, wasn't in the 1973, but in 2006 they decided to add these crows. So tell us about The Crows, Ella. So when you first meet The Crows, they're staring down at this cornfield and the scarecrow there, and they keep talking about how they really want corn, but how it's that creepy guy. And when they finally are brave enough to go down, the wind moves the scarecrow towards them, and then they get really freaked out. And then later, they're chasing Templeton through the at the dump, and then they go to the fair. Templeton's running on all of these things, and the crows are following. And then they see a scarecrow, and they and then it freaks them out, but they peck at it a bit, and they were like, "Hey, these are our buttons. This guy is." fake and then they're not so scared anymore that's right i think that that was kind of funny it was funny i don't i don't really think it it connected with any of the themes of the thing but it was a nice little funny humor break that just happened and just added some some fun cartoony kind of humor to the movie yeah which was fine so it's it's fine when they pad if it adds fun you know, and that yeah. was fun. Yeah, we, we laughed at the crows. And I didn't catch it, but I saw this in my trivia, that the crows were named the E and a B because of E.B. White. So they they had they were actually given names. One was an E name and one was a B name. But I didn't actually write it down, so I can't. I thought that was pretty funny. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, also in the 2006 movies, this was a funny moment. Right after Fern convinces her dad to let her have the piglet, and he's like, okay, okay. Then the camera shifts, and now we're inside the farmhouse with the moms making breakfast. And, and it's bacon. Yes. So Fern has rescued the pig, brought him inside, and sat down at the table and started eating her bacon. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not accidental because it's a movie, right? They do these things on purpose, but that actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah. I, she rescues a pig, and then she eats bacon. Oh, I, I rescued a pig. It's bacon time. Yes. Um, the voice acting was cute, was very good. Wilbur was adorable. I love the voice of Charlotte in the 2006 movie. I think that Julia Roberts did a great job. Um, I thought that the CGI was really good of the rat and the spider. Neither one of them were real. Those were both computer generated. But that, were they copied from a real animal? Um, probably, yeah. I, um... There was a link here for barn spiders because that's the type of spider that she is. And so I saw that and then Charlotte looked like a close-up of it. Yeah, that's See, true. Yeah, That's what a barn spider looks like. Yes, but uh, so, now, Ella, you normally don't like spiders. You're not a big fan. In fact, yeah. a couple months ago when you were reading this book for school, you were upset about spiders. Yeah. We were doing a thing on spiders, and like I kept getting freaked out at all of the pictures, and they were about as close up and as creepy as Charlotte. But then I didn't get freaked out of Charlotte. I even got freaked out by a giant wooden spider on a wooden web when we were doing a thing. But then that makes sense because like it, my screen was rotating by itself, and then suddenly there was just this giant brown spider in view, and I'm scared of spiders. So, like, I kind of squeamed. Yes, I remember. So, but this this Charlotte didn't scare you. Can you tell me why you think that is? Because I knew how the story went, and I knew that this was a good spider. The other spiders, I'm afraid of black widows, so that's why I'm... Well, I'm afraid of spi- uh, poisonous like black widows, which is why I'm afraid. Even though you and Dad have told me many times there aren't very many poisonous spiders here. It's only the black widows. I just get really scared about that. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think that I've the... had some scary encounters with spiders. Yes. I thought that the movie, the 2006 movie, did a good job of making that spider, Charlotte, look real, but also not super, super scary. Yeah, so it was kind of confusing. A bit confusing when the other animal was called to ugly because 
She didn't look ugly. She looked like a, a spider. Yeah, very true. I mean, the eyes were like two of them looked like miniature human eyes, and then the rest just looked like black dots. I can say that was kind of weird, but I can't get the whole, ew, ew, that's gross, or that's really creepy. I really liked the way she moved in the movie. She was upside down a lot. She was like moving she, on her web. It yeah, just she could she could get onto Wilbur's nose. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. Now you had a little bit of trivia about the pigs. Yeah, a whole bunch of pigs were filmed for Wilbur because pigs actually don't stay piglets for very long, and so they had lots of pigs doing Wilbur, and like each of them was trained one thing, like. Walk over here, walk over there, put your nose under the trough, look up, look down, flip and stuff. Each one of them was taught one of those tricks. And then they just used the things that they filmed of those pigs and the way that they put it all together, it made it look like it was one pig. Well, because most pigs look a lot alike. Fair. Yep. There was also a bit of trivia. It was sheep and goose or cows and goose. They attack each other. Geese are notoriously ornery creatures. And then cows or sheep will attack them, or the geese will attack them, but they attack each other. So they had trouble filming them all together, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty funny. I don't know if you remember Uncle Bruce. You haven't met him or seen him. Okay, so I have an Uncle Bruce who you've met, but it's been a really long time. And he has a farm. I don't know if he still has it, but he used to have a farm. When I was a kid, we would go to his farm, and he had guard geese instead of guard dogs. Guard geese who would keep the farm safe because geese are so territorial and mean. And one of them chased Auntie Kristen once and bit her on the bottom, but thankfully she was only two years old and she was still wearing diapers, so she was protected. (laughs) I'm sure she will love the fact that I shared that story. (laughs) I'm not so sure. (laughs) Um, Okay, here's another little piece of trivia. Um, her name is Charlotte A. Cavatica, and she is a barn spider, but Cavaticus is the Latin term for the orb weaver, Arrhenius Cavaticus. Arrhenius Cavaticus is and the... And Cavatica is kind of pronounced like Cavaticus, and the A is the first letter of Arrhenia. And then it says that the names of the spiders were Nelly. Mm-hmm. Joy and Arania. Yeah, very clever, huh? Yeah, they kind of put it in with, without actually putting it in. Yep. So do you have any other things to discuss, themes or thoughts or trivia to share? Well... Or are you ready to sum up? I think I'm ready to sum up. So, Ella... Oh, you know what I forgot? I forgot to ask how you came to this. So let's, we'll just, I'll just ask you now during our sum up part. How did you learn about Charlotte's Web? How did you come to this book and movie and movie? Well, it started with the movie. I was little. I watched it with you and then we watched it again and then I just remembered it. And then for school, we read Charlotte's Web. So then I read that book and you had bought it for me a year or so, a year or something back and then I hadn't read it but then I read it and then and then dad told us about the other movie and the live action movie since the one I had seen was the animated one with you and then we did this yep so my mom read Charlotte's Web to me when I was little probably around your age we didn't read it in school but my mom read it to me and then I read it, and I read other E.B. White books as I grew up. And so I always liked Charlotte's Web as a, as a book. And I remember seeing the 1973 movie, not in 1973, I'm not that old, but they had it on VHS tape, and sometimes at school in the afternoons they would play it. And also I remember watching it at my grandparents' house, so I'd seen it a bunch of times when I was a kid. And then when you were really little, I remember we watched it once. I don't know if you remember this, but we watched it with a couple of your little friends when you were you were little. You were like four, maybe, maybe five. And um, one of your friends did not want to watch it. Piper. Piper did not want to watch it because she was scared of spiders. And I had told you guys, you and Piper, Elijah, and Richard, you guys had to decide as a group which movie to watch. 
And the boys wanted to watch Charlotte's Web, and you wanted to watch Charlotte's Web, but Piper wasn't sure. She was scared. And you told her that you would share your dessert with her if she would vote for Charlotte's Web. And if she got scared, she could hold your hand. And I thought that was the sweetest thing ever. And she said, okay. And then you all watched Charlotte's Web and you all liked it. And it was fine. Um, anyways, that was a long time ago. And I did share my dessert. And you, I think you certainly did share your dessert. I think it was like fruit snacks and, and popcorn or something like that. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cute. But I've always loved the 1973 movie. I love the songs so much. And you're right. Daddy had to tell us about the 2006 movie. I had no idea. I was 25 when that movie came out. And it just completely not on my radar at all. I think I was finishing up a college degree and moving and getting a divorce and doing all sorts of things that year. And just totally missed the live action Charlotte's Web movie. But I'm so glad that he told us about it. And I'm so glad we were able to watch it. So... Here's our thing we always ask at the end of the episodes. Was it worth your time? First, the book. Is the book worth your time? Yes. Was the 1973 movie worth your time? Yes. Was the 2006 movie worth your time? Definitely. Wow, okay. And then for you? Okay, so for me, the book is a classic. It's totally understandable why, so yes. The 1973 movie might not work for current audiences. I don't know, but I do think it's great. I think it's great for kids. I have nostalgia, and I love the songs. I've said that a whole bunch of times. The only drawback in the movie Twice. is that <laughs> the only drawback in the movie is that Wilbur's voice is a little bit old, and I do find Wilbur a little bit whiny in the animated movie. He cries a lot and complains. Yeah. Yep. I don't think he's always the best friend to Charlotte. I think Charlotte kind of deserved better. So I thought the 2006 movie fixed those and made Wilbur's voice younger and cuter. And I think that it really brought home the messages about friendship and not judging in a much more profound way. It's just sad that it didn't have the songs. Um, if it had the songs, then it would be really good. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's, so I don't think it's quite as charming as the original. And it's definitely not as heavy as the book. But it is really nice. The rat and the spider make up for whatever uh, is being lost. And I totally agree with you, Ella. I think all three are totally, totally worth your time. All three. So there you go. That's our episode. Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast, Ella. Do you have anything else you want to say? I just want to say that I like how Spoon was like younger and stuff in the live action version than in the animated version. The animated version seems like she was somewhere between seven and ten and you couldn't quite tell where. Sometimes it seemed like she was only seven or eight. Sometimes it seems seemed like she was nine or ten and like she was everywhere around. But I like how that in the live action version they kind of kept kept her at the same age. Yeah. Very good. Well, did you have fun being on the podcast? Yeah. This was fun. Thank you for doing the writing up the recap and helping me with the research. Good fun. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and uh, go t- go find a friend and tell them thank you for being your friend. Be a good Charlotte. <laughs> ah, good Charlotte. <laughs> Bye.